Welcome to Inside Jokes. This is about the art of comedy. With Sandra Carusi. We get in the mind of the comic. On Global News Radio 640 Toronto. He is rolling in his grave right now. Who? David Bowie. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is the perfect song, I think, for this show, because what we're going to talk about today. Today, we have Mr. Clayton Peters. Hi, everybody. He is the manager and brother and of producer. Russell Peters and producer. And executive producer. And executive producer. Everything and uh, everything Russell does. Everything and nothing, all in one person. He's like He's like the Dick Cheney. To, to, of Russell <laughs> Peters, he's pulling the strings. He's making things happen. Oh my god! You know that's yeah. The real Dick Cheney, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, so Russ, uh, to Russell uh, Clayton, we're happy you're here. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna have a good show. We also have um, pundit on uh, entertainment here, Frank Franca, Kuzepe. <laughs> Kutsepe. Francesca Kutsupe. Kutsupe. Yes. Uh, and basically, we're all from the hood here. We're Halt yes. and Peel kids. Me, Clayton, Franca. And uh, we're going to talk about what it was like back in the day in the hood. No, we're not talking about that. <laughs> Can I just uh, say how long I've known Franca? How long? Franca, outside of anyone in my family, I've known Franca the longest. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I've yes. known her since I was in grade six, and I was friends with her brother, Nino. Nino. Nino, Nino and Joe Scroll. We all yeah. used to hang out together. In the hood? Yeah. Brampton? She was just a little baby girl back then. Yeah. Russell talks about this in his book, mm-hmm. I think. Does he mention Nino in the book? No. No, no, because no, that's Clayton's friend. friend. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, no. So um, the book "Call Me Russell" was released some time ago, but it's cool because he does visit his uh, early years. He does everywhere, he does. and if and if you're from the GTA and you read it, it's very cool, actually. Well, Franca's even family. like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, even even comedy wise, Russell's like that. Like that's one thing that people always admire about him. Like he's very good at remembering where he started. Yes. And he's very good to Canadian comics. You know, yeah. when he has people opening for him and stuff like that, he really sort of rolls out the carpet for everybody. Yes, which is great. That doesn't always happen, of course, when you're that's that very, level. It's true. You know, right? And he always brings a piece of home. To yeah, his, to his comedy show. That's yeah. true. And then um, also on the show, this guy, I don't know his name, Dean Young. That's right. I'm not from the hood. I was ice fishing back in Fargo when you guys were. So do we have like a different name now that you have come out as a bisexual? No, because uh, I had a fake name already. Yes. You know, so now my therapist is like, "How do you have to be the real you again. I'm like, but I created this stage persona. But you know what? You're more aligned with the universe now that you're true to yourself. Right? That's right. Remember I wrote you that? You did. Like something intelligent? It's like, whatever. <laughs> I loved it. No, I loved it. No. Stop taking your drugs. You know, it's a new year. It's a new me. And I'm- Good for you. Let me just yeah. tell you, listeners, now that it's- now that everybody now that everybody knows, I am destroying it on Grinder right now. Are you? Oh, Are I'm you putting that? these cheekbones to work, cute. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Does cheekbones yeah. have two meanings? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found out yet, but I'm I'm sure I will. By the way, I just want to say Clayton. Like uh, we've spent some time with him. I know him quite a while now. He is funny. I don't want to say funnier, but he's up there with funny with the brother. I think, can I say something? Because even my my niece is here and her dad is my brother and he's a funny guy and I was the younger sister. And do you guys think it's like genetic humor? Like like you get funny I so. people? I think so, yeah. yeah. Like you got funny people in the family. Like do you come from a fa- funny family? Our dad was funny. He was naturally funny. He was very there sarcastic. There you go. Yeah, naturally yeah. funny. Yeah. Very sort of British and dry and yeah. self-deprecating and... 
I think he that's sa- where we get it from. Really? Yeah, yeah, he sounds like he was hilarious. He was a hoot. When he I was. hear your... He was. He was. he was. I'm not funny. I just laugh at everything. <laughs> that's what we <laughs> need you to count. Know. You count. <laughs> we like you. Okay, let's get talking. Let's talk some some fame. Oh, God. <laughs> Did that sound just like David Bowie? There's No, <laughs> there's 50 here. dogs outside the chorus oh, studio now. Oh, <laughs> I was singing, if you didn't hear it, while fame was, I was saying shame. That was me because there is so much shame in entertainment land. Uh, Lots going on. Um, Okay, let's, let's. I don't know. I feel like comedy right now, and we do have a lot of good stuff we're going to pick Clayton's brain about today on the showbiz end of things, but I do feel like being in comedy right now, like I always just want to take a soul shower, you know? Like it's just such a dark and dirty business right yeah, now. Yeah, it and it's like. getting deeper and dark. The yeah. more depravity coming out is the more the darkness of everyone is coming out. I know, every I time. Know. Like it's really, I almost am like tired to the point where I'm like, ugh, I don't even want to be in this right now, you know? Yeah. But then you do, you get up on stage and you, you get back into that and you love it, but it's just the industry itself right now is like so tainted, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, what's happening? But we're going to talk uh, because Mr. Clayton Peters, uh, of course, they have their big series out, The Indian Detective. Yeah. How did the show come to fruition, by the way? It actually started with the mothership here. Wow. At, uh, at global? Sh- at Global. Wow. Yeah, they helped. Uh, they, they came around on the initial pitch and uh, helped finance the development. Wow. And um, that was several years ago. We've been working on it for like five years now to bring it to fruition. Oh my God. And then what happened? And it started off with a, as a completely different show initially, and then we eventually developed it to where Russell was a, uh, uh, a Toronto cop who, who then goes to India and, and becomes a detective in his own life. Oh my God. Okay, let's hear more about it because I did watch a few episodes. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm Santa Cruz on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Sandra Cruci on Inside Jokes, showcasing the best in comedy. Indian, Indian Detective. Um, it's you pretty well explained what it is, Clayton. Yeah, we so we started off with uh, with Shaw Global. They mm-hmm. they um they helped develop it initially, but then they wanted a different show altogether. Mm-hmm. They came back and said, "Well, can you make it about an Indian family in Brampton?" Mm-hmm. And that was not the show. Yes. Okay, Isn't that so? Yeah, when they, when they give those notes, they're yeah. like, just a few notes, and they completely rewrite the entire yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah. He's, not, he's not a cop in India. He's a guy in Brampton all of a sudden. So we still needed um, international distribution, an American broadcaster. We still needed the, the money from another resource in order to make it because it's a very expensive show to make. Mm-hmm. Yes. We shoot it in Toronto, South Africa, India. I mean, nobody else is shooting on that scale in this country. Yeah, really. There, okay, so not. why did you have... Because I do things on the cheap, and when I watched it, I saw all that and yes. went, why? why? I mean, it's a great show, but yeah. why did you choose all those cities? Like, Well, you know, traditionally Canadian television, when you watch it, you can go, oh, that show looks really Canadian. Oh, yes. Ha, ha, okay. Yeah. Okay, and, and that was it. a thing. Got it. That was definitely yes. a thing for us that See we were very quick? aware of. We got it as Canadians. You got it right we away. We did, right, right away. Watching CBC and you Saturday know nights. Like, this is kind of a perfect window for that because I feel like very recently, Canadians are finally actually tuning into our own. Like, we have this influx of new sitcoms and comedy series. We don't have that stigma going on right now where we're like, oh, it's Canadian. Yeah. And Russell is, of course, a household name here in Canada and has a huge following in the States. So it's kind of a perfect window for that right now. Absolutely. You know, that he could tap into. Yeah. So... Go on. So, um, yeah, so we, we wanted to have production value. That was a big thing for us in, mm-hmm. in, in doing this show. So 
when our production partners here in uh, in Toronto, Blue Ice, uh, came to us and said, well, you know, can we shoot in South Africa? Initially, we were supposed to actually shoot all the India stuff in India, but they are South African-based and Toronto-based, and they have South African production partners. And Russell and I have spent a lot of time in South Africa, and we love it there. So as soon as I said, well, you know, can we do it in Cape Town? We were like, yep, absolutely. Yeah, no problem here. I said, so, so we said yes to that, and then they sent us over um, some location uh, scouting photos. And because Cape Town, because South Africa was at one point a, a British colony, um, and so was India, there's a lot of similar architecture. Right. And, and you have, you have uh, the, the proper lighting down there. And so there was a lot that you could fake for India in South Africa. Oh. Plus, there is uh, an S-ton of, of Indians there. So you, for your background people and things like that, you have no shortage of finding Indian people. Right. right? And, and so all of those things worked in our favor, and we were happy to be down there, and we loved it down there. And then we took the production to India for, for a week or so to, to do some more exteriors and things like that. And then we came back to Toronto and shot here. And nobody's, I don't think anyone shot on that scale on any Canadian no, series. No, no, no way. Right? And, no, and that, no, so that was important to us, that we kind of make a statement. And the other thing that we wanted to do when we were developing the show was we wanted it to be Toronto. Mm. So it wasn't going to be, well, you know, he's a New York cop and we have, or we have anonymous American City X you know, or Toronto yeah. standing for something else. He wanted Toronto to be Toronto. He wanted India to be India. Yeah. And, and uh, that was important to us as well, mm-hmm. th- that we sort of represented the city properly. Even yeah. got the U.S. border in there. Yes, which, um, which is uh, Mossport. Right? Was that yeah. Mossport? Oh, okay. is that where it was? That was Mossport. <laughs> that's hilarious. That border crossing is actually uh, the racetrack. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's so <wonderful>. cool. <laughs> Good one, Franca. Did you know that and you just set him up for the... No, I really didn't know that. I really thought it was filmed at the border. Well, we well, were trying, but but it was... There was... Um, you fooled the, me. You fooled me. Look at that. It really worked. <laughs> Not easy to fool me. Yeah. <laughs> well... Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to film at the border and we were getting clearances to film, I think, at Queenston or one of the bridges. But just uh, a week or two before that, there was a terror attack somewhere, right? Uh-huh. And there was a big clampdown uh, by Homeland Security and the Canadian and CSIS and everybody. And they're like, no, you guys can't do that. So the only thing we were able to do was get those drone shots of the uh, Niagara Falls at the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And then we continued the drone shot up in um, Mossport. Mossport. That's uh-huh. hilarious. We do sort of seem to have this actual audience for Canadian comedy shows right now. For um, sitcoms, I guess, especially. Yeah, I mean, we knew Canada was going to be our base. This is where the show was going to come alive. Yeah, because of the Canadian uh, audience for his for his uh, for his programming for his comedy. But we also knew we had an international audience for his stuff too. Um, but what was interesting was when we pitched it to all the networks in the states, everybody passed. Really? Okay. Every single person, whether it was USA, FX, uh, even Netflix, Amazon. Really? Every single broadcaster passed. Why is that? Why would they pass? I think they couldn't get, A, they couldn't get past the name, The Indian Detective. Okay. Which I know is not a great name, and it actually was the working title of the project when we first started working on it. Okay. We have to call it something. I I think in Canada, we... Where we know ourselves so much more as such a melting pot, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the States, there's kind of everything has to go into this amalgam of just being American, right? Yes. But in Canada, it's like we sort of embrace each specific culture mm-hmm. and keep that specific audience for it. So it just feels like such a more Canadian concept in that way. It does. You know? It does. And, I, and that's, I think, why they rejected it. Yeah. Because of Canadian. the Canadian aspect <laughs> yeah. of it. Like which Canadian produced shows Aaron? The U.S. Well, Canadian produced. I mean, Handmaid's Tale's all shot here. 
but it's not. Yes. But, but it's they don't American. It's, it's an American Cana- show. Yeah, that's Elizabeth right? Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suits is also shot here. Yes. But it's, again, not considered a Canadian yes. show. Correct. We have um, had that rec- in recent years, though, like Rookie Blue. Rookie was Blue was in the one, States. Yeah. Orphan okay. Black. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, Orphan and Black. And Orphan Black especially is a good example of a show where you'd look at and go, wow, this doesn't look Canadian, right? Because we have that stigma about ourselves, too. Yes. So yeah. it's opening up now. Yeah. But I think you have to do everything for just a global audience anyways. You know, that's it. Well, wide ideally. Open yeah. Yeah. You just got to be careful when producing. Well, the Indian detective is not Canadian with the exception. What we just talked about is the name. But in terms of other elements. Well, the Americans, say? I think the Americans got freaked out by the fact that it wasn't a, a New York cop. And I think that <laughs> I think I also think that the American broadcasters really couldn't get their head around having a, a South Asian lead in this show. Wow. I, I, I do believe that that's a problem. They okay. understand black, white, Hispanic. Yeah. Okay, but when it comes to South Asians or even Asians, yeah. Chinese, you know, the whole gamut, and mm-hmm. um, I think they, they can't quite get their heads around it. Wow. Well, let's talk more with Clayton Peters, who is the manager, brother, producer, executive producer for Russell Peters. Superstar. And Franca C. in the city as she goes by her big uh, pundit name in the entertainment world. <laughs> Dean Young and friends, and we'll be back more with Hakeem Optical, helping you see comedy much better, right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. This is Kay Trevor Wilson. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi. Hakeem Optical makes fine, fine eyewear. Global News Radio 640 Toronto, Sandra Carusi. Dean Young here. He's just hanging around. Inside Jokes. Clayton Peters and Franca C. How are we? We are all good. Are we? Are we happy? We, uh, For we the most part, yes. Our friend Bangkok. <laughs> such a large question. <laughs> Bangkok Vince here. What's it called, Vince? <laughs> Bangkok, Thailand? Okay, so Bangkok Garden. 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 Bangkok uh, Garden. I like when what, you Dean? I like when you throw it to someone who's physically in the studio but nowhere near a microphone. <laughs> and it's a radio show, so people at home are like, oh, What? What's it. happening now? I love you, Dean Young. There we go. Listeners remember you know Vince. What? Yeah, Vince was our former producer and uh he had a kinship with Dean because they hated me together instead of just one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it still exists, so you both could suck it. I'm the boss. Always oh. love coming back here. Ha- hashtag me too always. Um, me too always. No, uh, well, I am the boss here, and there's boys everywhere, so I'm just saying let's segue right into some stuff. Let's talk about hashtag me too for a moment. Clayton. Yes. Brother of Russell Peters uh-huh. and manager. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about producer. me. Too. What does "me too" mean to you? Uh, it's a uh, it's a moment of empowerment by women. A moment. A moment. Which means well, what? it's moments. It's starting. It's a, it's a moment. It's a movement. Okay. Um, you know, and and what'll be interesting is to see how long the 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 movement lasts and, and what kind of momentum it gets behind. Why? It and what kind of changes and long term changes come from it. Okay. Or whether it's just a hashtag or it's just wearing black to the Golden Globes like a bunch mm-hmm. of high school kids saying, hey, let's yeah. get together wearing black, okay? And we're yeah. going to make a statement. Yeah. Right? Or if it's yeah. like a, an, an AIDS ribbon or, or a yellow ribbon or what's the longevity of it? Uh, where is it going to go? And what are the long-term changes that are going to come from it? Or is it, mm-hmm. or is it all very reactive and, and sort of going to disappear after a certain amount of time? Which I don't think is going to happen. 
Right. I, I keep wondering, is there a man that's going to come out the next day and say, this woman did this to me? <laughs> I'm just waiting for that. Somebody will. Dean? Yeah. Dean's I mean, going to be uh, that man. Yeah, like, yeah. You're going down, Carusi. Yeah. Oh. I think, I mean, that, yeah, that will happen. And that's such a interesting double-edged sword to I get know. into because there's the whole element of, well, there's no, there's not the same level of fear involved there. There's not the intimidation, but there could be a power structure. Obviously, if it's right. career based, and those situations for sure that happens. For what sure man is going to be the first one to do that? Yeah. Well, I you'd be surprised. I think just a matter of time. I don't think too many guys would find shame. I think the attention seekers will turn it into something. Well, and I think a little bit of that is happening. Like an important part of this right now, especially in our industry, is we have these long-standing structures in place that just everyone knew about nobody talked about right so like the age old th- the casting couch mm-hmm. was always a thing and yeah. then the, with Harvey Weinstein yeah. it finally exposed well this has been going on since the beginning of time bookers at comedy clubs yeah. harassing women all mm-hmm. this stuff yeah. that's always mm-hmm. existed that we all know about mm-hmm. correct so that's the side of this me too movement where it's like good this stuff we have to clean everything out and purge all these demons there is the downside where it's now you could get people just taking down someone because they have a certain level of fame yeah and they want you a know, piece we, in the post or whatever it yeah. is yeah and clayton you look like you're dying to say something about that <laughs> well I, I do find the nuclear option a bit disturbing in terms of you know trying to completely decimate people's careers because of an incident or something like that but i mean yeah. rape is something that's very serious but then you know and, and people get really uh, freaked out about this but there are degrees to this as mm. well um, in terms of uh, assault and uh, what constitutes assault and what's what's a bad date and, and no obviously no obviously means no and harassment yeah. is obviously harassment but you know in, in the context of what Franco was saying about a, a man coming forward and 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 uh, against a, saying a woman did this to him I happen to believe that women are just smarter and and they just know better right these guys get into powerful positions mm-hmm. and they just become all of their worst attributes come forward. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's, like, it's like drinking, you know, powers and aphrodisiac. Well, it's like drinking and all of their worst elements yeah. of their personality come forward. I don't know women's relationship with power is the same as men is. Although mm. I happen to like power myself. The <laughs> four seconds I have it, I have none in my house. Uh, but I do want to retract something I said earlier when Frank, I talked about the the men and uh, Dean and I'm like, oh, well, when men do it, it's uh, for attention. That was wrong of me to say that. Because I don't want people to say that about women, so I shouldn't be saying it that that's why men would come forward because they want attention. So I just wanted to say that. There's what? an interesting piece that came out kind of in that regard. We'll talk about after Aziz the break. Sorry, yeah. Aziz Sansari article after the break on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Inside Jokes, what a show, what a show. We're talking about the hashtag MeToo movement, uh, along with a bunch of other behind-the-scenes industry chat with Mr. Clayton Peters. Hello, hello. Brother and manager to Sir Russell Peters. Executive producer. <laughs> Executive producer. And producer. Yeah. And producer. Frank <laughs> in the city. Uh, Dean Young? Yeah, I have a brother, but he's we, we've never made a TV show together, all right, unfortunately. All right. <laughs> I think it's uh, such a treat. I would love to work with my brother and stuff on that. So 
people are actually jealous of our relationship. We've well, had a yeah. lot of people come forward and say, man, I wish I could do that with my brother. It is perfect too, That's especially, hard. you it know. It is difficult, trust me. We're, and we're in a tough <laughs> industry and mm-hmm. it's to have somebody that you're going to have each other's back no matter what and just sort of mm-hmm. plow through all that stuff is fantastic. Because right. I mean, what better scenario could you think of? Franco, you know Clayton a long time. Yes. And and Russell, I, has their relationship always been buddy-buddy? Always. Really? From day one, yeah. Yeah, we See, were latchkey kids in the city before we moved to Brampton, before I met Franco. Yeah. We were latchkey kids over on Annette and Runnymede. We'd yeah, take two, two yeah. TTC buses to school and, oh and I'd take gosh. them home and... Yeah, and I kind of envied that relationship because I really, sometimes, you know, I butt heads with my sister and stuff and we don't get along. But when push comes to shove, I mean, you're always going to have your family's back. And in the book, Call Me Russell, there's a lot of talk of how Clayton covered for Russell and stuck up for him. And I think you're still doing that, aren't you? I I do stuff. A little bit. I run run some interference here and there. (laughs) uh, Donovan, Ray Donovan. (laughs) Me and my brother had that too. We were latchkey kids too, you know, just because that's the generation where both parents would, yeah. would have to work. But I was I, total latchkey. And yeah. I remember there was a, there was this commercial that was on this anti-drug commercial, and it's black and white, and it's one brother going to see his other brother. He's like in in the hospital. He's getting out of rehab, and it's playing. <laughs> he ain't heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> and that commercial would come on, and my mom would always go, "Isn't that that reminds me of my boys? That reminds me of you boys." And I think about that now, and I'm like. What was she? What were you trying to say? <laughs> Which one of us is going to rehab? <laughs> Who's going down? Going I'm the rehab. comedian, so statistically, probably me. But you know, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to hashtag Me Too. We were talking about before the break, and there's this article uh, with Aziz Ansari, or talks about um, a situation where he went on a date, mm-hmm. and he for he believes now that this uh, the article's talking about the longevity. First of all. Did it already jump the shark? As we know, the saying from the saying comes from Happy Days and Fonzie jumping the sharks, and that's how you knew it was the end of the series because he did something so stupid. Mm-hmm. So that's what that means. And people are saying, does hashtag Me Too mean it's jump the shark now because of things like what happened to Anzis and Zari on a date, and uh, it's like a witch hunt. Well, I, and I think what what we need to do because there is going to be this side of things. There. are I hate to say it, but there is going to be scenarios where people are like, well, this is a good opportunity for me to make a name for myself or to take someone down. There's going to be that side of the coin. I think we need to remember that everything is a case-by-case basis, and overall what's happening right now is good and had to happen, and it's long overdue, but that stuff is going to be a part of it, right? And I think we, we forget right now that there's still an actual court of law, not just the court yeah. of public opinion, right? It's yeah. social Clayton. media that did this. Clayton. Yeah, the court of public opinion is killer. It is. Absolutely yeah. killer. The accusation mm. itself is enough to just stick. Yeah. And, yeah. and, wow. and it's, it's pretty brutal when it comes to that. But I, you know, having read uh, both the original article and then some of the subsequent articles that have been written, The Atlantic did a good analysis of, of uh, what happened to yeah. Aziz. Um, and, uh, Which they called 3,000 <clears throat> words of revenge porn. That's basically yeah. it. When you, yeah. read, when you read the events of that night, it, it does read as someone who kind of okay, should sum- have extrapolated herself from the situation and could have. There was, sum it there up. Was, sum it up. Well, basically, uh, they met at, uh, at a party, I think the, maybe the Golden Globes even. Franka, help out here. And, well, I just uh, know it was consensual from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out so, it, from what you've read, this girl went out with Aziz. Yes. And it seemed consensual. Yes. But then what happened? Well, you go, No, you go ahead, Clayton. You, you know more <laughs> about it than I do. Well, she was quite taken by his fame and, and, and wanted to get to know him, so it would appear. 
and they went on a date, and um, and then they went back to his place, and things escalated quickly from there. And uh, there was uh, oral sex involved by by both of them. Um, and then he wanted to take it further, and and then she didn't want to, and it seemed like they were gonna. I think in the article it says chill on the couch, and um, and then I guess he continued to sort of make moves, and uh, and. And again, you, you know, you're not trying to shame the victim or fault the victim, but ultimately the individual could have left and said, I'm not down with this, I, I want to go, but they, they, they remain in the situation. He persisted mm-hmm. without assault, um, and, and uh, then the individual, when they finally did leave, was completely shaken by the whole experience and said it was the worst night of her life. But you know, ultimately, uh, mm-hmm. in the article itself, it, there was no indication of her saying no, Right. Okay. It was implied non-consent, and then ultimately, too, the individual could have left. Yeah. At right? the point she's when you're uncomfortable, comfortable, she should have said, "Okay, I'm I'm going to go now." Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So these articles were written with her POV or his? Like who? Who? Hers. It was hers. Just basically saying this <laughs> was the most horrible night that happened to me, and da da da. Mm. And I get it is true. There's that window where she could have just been like, "This isn't for me anymore. This is an awkward situation. I have to leave." But I think obviously the fact that it was Aziz Ansari was keeping her there on that couch, right? I guess so. Yeah. Right. And ultimately, one of the one of the key phrases in 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 the article from from her perspective is. When she did get really frustrated and said, "All you guys are, you guys are all the effing same," right? Right. Which leads one to believe that mm. that this individual has been down that path before, and, and many women have. I can't speak for right. you know, yeah, the experiences. Don't diss her no, 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 no. I'm yeah. not doing that. But at the same time, um, when you when you've been in these situations, I, I, I just feel like there's a responsibility of the individual to take themselves out of the situation. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because that came, Selma Hayek and uh, some other women uh, were talking about that. Let's talk about it with the Harvey Weinstein. More on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, I'm John Catucci from You Gotta Eat Here. So when I'm not eating food, I'm listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi. Yeah, we're talking about a little bit hashtag me too, a little bit of uh, the last uh, segment we're talking about Aziz Ansari and a date he went on and he it seemed like a normal date and then now she's come out and said she was very uncomfortable <clears throat> and it was she was frazzled. And uh, our panel here... Uh, I just thought of something, you know. Franca? Corey Feldman. Yeah. Look at him. He's been talking about um, this for years, and nobody believed him. About yeah, what? That's true. Oh, the casting couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and he's always the crazy him. kid. Yeah, I'm. So, and I don't mean and to he sit came about out with some big names that he did. Uh, yeah, at yep. that time. Now. Just recently. Oh, now, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's surprising. I hate to say this, that he's still alive because he is outing so many people, mm-hmm. and it's it's legitimate. Like yeah. it's all coming. Yeah, talk, yeah about, would, talk about a man coming out. There you go. There There's you go. Man. It's true. So it's and a big part of this right now is like that's why it's not. I don't even think it's possible for this as a movement to jump the shark. You're going to have yeah crappy scenarios that come up because of that. But it's important to remember that you're also taking down all these structures that have been in place yeah. for so long and enabled yes. so much garbage to happen. Mm-hmm. Even if you do have fame seekers and whatever happens as a you know on the side because of that it's still important to actually take this stuff out of the industry because it's there's a lot of poison in there you know 
And it's case by case. Yeah. Yeah. And it's happening in small scale, large scale. <clears throat> well, the one the one thing that one analogy that I did hear that was that was really, really good about the whole movement was that ultimately this will filter its way down to um, the waitress working in a, a diner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Who yep. will no longer have to put up with any BS from the boss to get more hours or the or the assistant manager who says, well, you got to do this if you want more hours or if Ugh. you want the day off and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the, the really for me, even though I'm in this business, yeah. I see that as, as the sort of the, the, the best case scenario for, for this entire movement is helping the person, the, the woman who is in the weakest position, mm-hmm. right? Who's making, you know, less than minimum wage, surviving on tips and struggling and that she will no longer be put in a position where where she has to be bullied or or sexually harassed in, in order to to make a living. Can and I ask you? Uh, sorry, Preka. No, you I go. said that's right. That's you. You summed it up very well. Has uh, Russell Peters uh, ever been accused of anything? Um, he has uh, not been accused. There are, there are people out there who have things to say. Um, he is. Uh, I, I make no bones about my brother, and, and he's talked about it in his book, and that. Uh, he has been a womanizer um, mm-hmm. for which for, means for, what? It means he loves women. Mm-hmm. He's slept with a lot of women, <gasps> and, um, and and uh, and I heard and, he's, and, and I heard he's good at it. You heard he's good. Yeah, yeah. and there is that yeah. element, but I mean, there's that element of fame to it <laughs> yes, too, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. But I think another like what's happening right now, just outside of showbiz, just in general, is I think men and women are sort of figuring out our relationship all over again. Yes, and men are having to own up to a lot of behaviors and a lot of things that yes. were just always tolerated, right? And it sort of trickles down through everything. Somebody, I forget who's on our show recently, somebody brought up this point that, you know, they should be teaching consent in sex ed in schools right now. And, and Absolutely. sort of start that from yeah. the from day one, right? Because mm-hmm. it does seem like the entire dynamic is changing right now. Yes. You know? Oh, well, listen, children are being raised very differently. It starts there. Right? Yeah. Like, then we were all raised. Let's mm-hmm. just start there. Like, as my little boys, I'm already teaching my little guys about no means no. And might as well start now because yeah. that's, that's, these are things that are taught. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We knew what we knew because we watched 70s television and our parents were from a different time. But whoa, is it a different time now for kids? And our parents had very specific roles. Yeah. That yeah. are kind of not in place anymore either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. Just, just how to respect women and, you know, teaching kids that, like little boys and, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and also what, what I find fascinating about sort of um, people over a certain age is when they do fall into some sort of traditional gender roles. Mm-hmm. So people who've grown up in the 70s and 80s and things like that who, you know, not like our parents, you can see where our parents fall into traditional gender roles. And right. Where we, my son asked for a dollhouse for Christmas one year and my mom mm-hmm. was like, oh, you can't have a dollhouse, that's just for girls. And we're like, <laughs> no, no, ma, it's okay. <laughs> It's actually a gender-neutral dollhouse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he wanted, so that's what we got him. And she was like, no, it's for girls. And we're like, no, it's cool. Yeah. It's all fine. But... Traditional gender roles is something that's 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 changing. And but I'm always surprised when I find people over a certain age and they're still kind of like, oh no, you know, all the guys are going to go over here and talk, and the women are going to go over here and talk, and and that always freaks me out that people would still at this day and age still fall back into those really really old fashioned type of well, scenarios. Yeah, is yeah. that old fashioned? Boys talk with t- boys and girls talk with the girls. I I, I feel like it sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I, Franca? Know. So I feel so too. You know. If I look at my son now, he'll wear a pink shirt because his dad wears a pink shirt and he has no problem with it, you know. But back then, my brother would never put a pink shirt mm-hmm. on, Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even me, like when I phoned my family and like came out and stuff, like 
That's in rural Ontario, northern Ontario. I wouldn't have done that 20 years ago. There's yeah, no, no way. Like yeah. when I was growing up That's there, so I never would. Know. Know. Okay, let's talk about, um, let's go back to Russell again and uh, Netflix special. Yep. I went to that filming you guys had back in 2016. Uh, at Massey Hall. Yeah, Massey Hall, which was mm-hmm. fun. So much fun being part of a taping. I've always wanted to be part of a taping. And so I bought my ticket the first second, the first day they went on sale. And I got there. Yeah, thank you. And um, I, my seat was directly behind the back of a camera. And oh. so the boom cameras that come zooming, yep. it literally came up to my face. <laughs> it conjured me and moved away. You should it give came her a up free to my face. the next show, Clayton. Oh, but she she did say she wanted to be part of a taping. Yeah, yeah, that did. is what happens. There, there are go. cameras. Yeah. I was, no, but me of all people mm-hmm. and how it just, it was teasing me coming up to the back of like. You my loved face. that. I know. Oh, it was like oh, the camera tease. flaunting yeah. with me. Um, <laughs> But uh, we want to ask more about Netflix specials and what's happening. Are, are we being oversaturated by the Netflix special? There's so much comedy going on there. And we'll talk about that after the break on Inside Jokes Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. <laughs> I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's tip I'm calling Know What You Want and Get It. Although the media today is talking about a market downturn, good properties are selling fast with interest from multiple buyers. In fact, I just experienced an offer night with seven bidders. So make sure you do your research, know what you want and can afford, know what good value is, and strategize with your realtor to get it. Call or email me today to do it. I can help you. They can reach you at hgp at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hakeem Optical, thank you for sponsoring the show. We just want to thank you. Everybody does all the time. Clayton Peters, you want to thank him? Thanks, Hakeem. Yeah, thank you have you. nice glasses, Franca. Yes. Okay, we were talking about glasses. Netflix. <laughs> Too, are there too many specials? What's there happening? are too many specials on Netflix. You, they don't. The word "special" actually no longer applies. There's no special. There's not nothing special about it. There's a new one every week. Sometimes yes. two a week. Um, some of them are good. Some of them are whatever. Is um, it detrimental to I all think specials? So. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I, I, there's not. There's no longer any value. It's like yeah. You know, if, if if six people in a room and six people say, "Oh yeah, I have a Netflix special," well, there's nothing special about that. Yeah, yes. and right? it's sort of like. It it opened up things for stand up more and, yes. and more. It, be, it started this new boom era for stand up again. Mm-hmm. But it is true. It's like a city in Toronto here. There's so many stand up shows. Mm-hmm. Two thirds of them are open mics, and the audience doesn't know the difference anymore. Right. And then they watch that, and it's like, oh, is this what? Well, this is, is what I was mm-hmm. going to say about the Netflix special. There was like a certain tier of comedy, but then it's getting deeper into different kind of. Yeah, they're going deeper in the lineup with some of the guys are getting yeah. specials now. Yeah, there and, you go. Uh, how how and, do you feel about that? Well, there's some good Peters. guys. Um, yeah. With Russell Peters, I mean, we're there. We do it. It's it's uh, for us. It's it's more of a it's more perfunctory. It's it's just that's part of our business. So we do the tour. 
Got it. Deported World Tour 2018-2019, um, <laughs> which is uh, which is starting now. Yeah. And uh, we'll do the tour. We'll monetize it for uh, 18 months or so globally. Then we tape the special, and then it's on Netflix. It's not like, oh, wow, we're going to do a Netflix special. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. part. That's the part final of stage of the business yeah. cycle for, for this material. Well, Franco, you were in radio for a long time, too, and music – like when it when it came to CDs and music, that's how it was too. Like there was, you know, the big Rolling Stones. They had to promote an album, so you go on tour and you promote an album. This international tour is called what? Deported World Tour. And it's starting when? It starts in Australia in three weeks. In three weeks. Yeah, in Perth. For how long are you guys there for? Uh, well, we'll be the first leg of the tour will be six weeks: Australia, New Zealand, and Asia. Yeah. Then back for about three weeks, and then we go into the UK and into Europe. Uh, that'll take us to May, and then June we'll do Sault Ste. Marie. We'll do Casino Rama. We'll do Windsor. Um, then we'll go back down to California, do some shows there, and then uh, I'm working on the rest of the tour across the states. And hopefully we'll get back into Toronto Air Canada Center. Um, hopefully sometime in the fall. In fact, when I'm done here, I'm going to go have a meeting about our Canadian dates for the fall. Oh, cool! And then go back international again. Yeah, to the Middle East it and must India. Be, and like it must be crazy <clears throat> an international tour. Like. Planning it, organizing it, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a lot of work. No, it's a lot of work to organize. I'm up. I'm doing twelve, fourteen hour days in in my office. I can't imagine. But it's fantastic. Once you're out there doing it, it's the greatest thing ever. Really, it is so. It is so much fun. Oh, I bet your adrenaline rush. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. It's so comfortable. It's flying first class, five star hotels. Oh yeah. Some cities you get a police escort, like in Bangkok and Jakarta, you get a police escort from the airport to the hotel and then you get a police escort you get outriders and motorcycles it's, it's what like do you being... get in Dubai Let's, I'd like to know what yeah. happens there oh, we've had <laughs> how the... many women like I just want to know how that works <laughs> there, there's women around there are women around and but there's I'm married and uh, he's a, uh, I'm married Russell's, and Russell's engaged, engaged and, and so um, <laughs> a couple of guys are married but the bulk of the guys on the tour are single guys and uh, they enjoy themselves in places like Bangkok mm-hmm. and Singapore and uh Various other places uh, around the world where they Speaking uh, of have Bangkok, <laughs> thanks to Bangkok Garden for bringing our lunch in today. Nice. <laughs> um, so that sounds cool. So we'll have to look for that Russell Peters International Tour called... Deported World, Deported World Tour. Tour. Who comes up with the names? Uh, actually, that one he came up with, but a lot of the other ones I came up with. Aww. We sit there on the phone and I'll start texting him names back and forth. It's like, no, no, no. And then I'm like, what about this? He's like, oh. Yeah. No. Very cool. Well, well, good luck on the tour. That sounds very fun. Uh, Franca, what gigs do you have to come up? You're bringing your kid to soccer this week. Uh, I'm going I'm going on vacation. Good girl. Going? Yeah, I'm going to Punta Cana for a week. And nice. Marlon Travel, where can we get a hold of you? Yeah, you can call our office, 905-564-0074. Everyone gets a plug today. <laughs> Dean, how's your Hack and Sack uh, album going? Yeah, What's it called? You Life Hack? Life Hack, that's on iTunes, Google Play, Apple Music, all that stuff, Spotify, mm-hmm. all the platforms. Get it now, it's available Well, now. I'm going to tell you quickly, because I got my gigs, they're coming at me everywhere. I'll be in uh, a fashion show uh, to support Wellspring. It's Get Well for Wellspring. Coming up uh, February 7th at Holt Renfrew on Bloor uh, with some pretty big names. I will say it's hosted by Tracy Melcher. And uh, I'll talk to you more about some of the people participating in that to raise funds. I'm very excited. That was uh, my friend Cheryl Hickey who referred me for that. So thank you, Cheryl. Um, and I've also been asked to sit on the panel for the Canadian Italian Business and Professional Association. 
uh, to talk about my rise to success with these shows. Very, uh-huh. very impressive. Oh, I know. I Ooh. can't even believe it. <laughs> I'll tell you more about that. And then March 10th, Festa delle Donne. Uh, anyway, that's that whole week is to promote International Women's uh, Week, which I'll be uh, participating in a big way. And now for your weekly listing. Check out RussellPeters.com for the full details on the upcoming Deported World Tour. And of course, don't miss new episodes of The Indian Detective on CTV. And if you're tuning in from Toronto, join me, Dean Young, live Saturday, January 27th at In the Paint at Richmond and Spadina, where I'll be hosting four of our favorite Canadian comics. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chatto, and we're from the comedy troupe The Frantics. You might remember us from our long-running CBC radio show Frantic Times, or our TV show The Frantics, Four on the Floor. Over the years, we have recorded hundreds of our comedy shows, and now... Thanks to modern technology... We have assembled the very best bits and started a podcast we call The Best of Frantic Times. It is, and it's free. Find us on the Google, just search The Frantics Podcast, and start downloading the best of frantic times. Boot to the head! To the head! And now for another Comedy RX featuring Russell Peters. What a great looking crowd. You seem pretty enthused by that comment, though. <laughs> Tell you a bit about myself. My name is Russell Peters. I'm East Indian. Thank you. It's kind, of, it's kind of cool being East Indian, though. I can hang out at the Toronto airport and go up to people when they come off the planes. Can I help you with your luggage? <laughs> Screw around with my friends when they're in my car. Where to, buddy? <laughs> it's kind of cool being Indian, though. I remember being in India when I was a little kid, watching cartoons Saturday morning. I try and copy North America as much as possible. They have Scooby-Doo over there. Only it's called Scooby-Dude. It sounded like this. Dogs? Shaking <laughs> Like Scoob, it's the ghost of Gandhi. <laughs> Remember, they even had the Packy Dot door. <laughs> the Packy Dot door, the Packy Dot door. See you soon at the Packy Dot door with roaches and curry and some. Got a letter from my uncle in India last week. It said, Russell, have you heard of these Teenage Mutant Hindu turtles? <laughs> well, it's good to see we've got a good big room full of racists. That's comforting for me. That's uh... Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of Inside Jokes. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you. Franca. You're welcome. <laughs> you, Dean, Alicia, Downey, the pointer guy here. Global News Radio 640 Toronto.